Hi everyone, Matt here. The current book we're reading is Peter Pan and we started it in episode 15. So if you haven't been listening to the podcast so far, I'd suggest going back to episode 15 so that you know what's going on. If you're brand new to the podcast, I'd say go back to episode two where we read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and you can binge all the way from there. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Ahoy hoy, it's David Cox. (laughs) (laughs) So excited. And I am Josh Matheson. Of course you had to say ahoy hoy. I was so excited. I've I've never been bristling with excitement to to introduce my name before. As everyone uh, will know last week, I gave the fact that ahoy was Graham Alexander Bell's preferred method of answering the telephone. And uh, we actually looked it up and it turns out Ahoy Hoy was his first choice. And hello was actually suggested by Thomas Edison. There's no other better way of saying hello in a conversation. Than Ahoy Hoy. (laughs) Because it introduces the fact that you're in a good mood and that you've been doing your reading. Well, this week we are looking at chapter 13 of Peter Pan, which is Do You Believe in Fairies? Which was a bit of a curveball after the battle scene that we had last week. Yeah, slightly. I thought everyone was going to sort of plummet to their death. And now we're on to some existential question about mythological creatures. Knowing what happened earlier where they said every time a child says they don't believe in fairies, a fairy dies. I wonder if basically Captain Hook is trying to exterminate the fairies. So he's collecting children. He's going to ask them, do you believe in fairies and force them to say no? And then all the fairies in Neverland are going to die. That's my that's my theory. Lost boys tied up in the basement with the bottom of the chair taken out. Yes. And he's got a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Forced to commit fairy genocide. I don't believe. I don't believe. <laughs> Peter Pan got dark. <laughs> so last week, the pirates managed to do a sneak attack on the tribe mm. and seemed to have actually kind of wiped them out. We're not quite sure what's happened to them. And then... Using that chaos and that noise as a distraction, the pirates have managed to sneak up on the lost boys. They've banged the war drum to declare that the tribe won when, in fact, we know they didn't. And they are now waiting for the lost boys to come out of the hole, un- the home under the ground in a bid to ambush them. So I think that's where we're diving in straight here, where we're going to find out if the boys are going to fall for the trap or not. Yeah, pretty much. Couldn't put it better myself. Yeah, well, so we dive straight back in. Ah, uh, yes. Let's Ahoy. go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call a shoehorn. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 13. Do you believe in fairies? The more quickly this horror is disposed of, the better. The first to emerge from his tree was Curly. He rose out of it into the arms of Ketcher who flung him to Smee, who flung him to Starkey, who flung him to Bill Jukes, who flung him to Noodler. Are they playing Piggy in the middle with the hot, boy? Hot, hot potato. <laughs> I also didn't realise there was a pirate called Noodler. He sounds mm. fun. I just love that it was with Curly as well, because obviously pigs have curly tails. So it's like the, the kid called <laughs> Curly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Proper squeaking as, like a pig as he's being thrown around. And so he was tossed from one to another till he fell at the feet of the black pirate. All the boys were plucked from their trees in this ruthless manner, and several of them were in the air at a time, 
like bales of goods flung from hand to hand. A different treatment was accorded to Wendy, who came last. With ironical politeness, Hook raised his hat to her, and, offering her his arm, escorted her to the spot where the others were being gagged. He did it with such an air, he was so frightfully distinguished, imposingly distinguished, that she was too fascinated to cry out. She was only a little girl. Perhaps it is telltale to divulge that for a moment Hook entranced her, and we tell on her only because her slip led to strange results. Had she haughtily unhanded him, and we should have loved to write it of her, she would have been hurled through the air like the others, and then Hook would probably not have been present at the tying of the children, and had he not been at the tying, he would not have discovered slightly secret, and without the secret he could not presently have made his foul attempt on Peter's life. So basically, it's all Wendy's fault. Probably. Yeah, well, (laughs) essentially what he's just said. He's like, if she had fought him instead of just taking his arm, then this wouldn't have happened. I mean, you could apply that to the whole story. It seems like victim shaming to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They were tied to prevent their flying away, doubled up with their knees close to their ears. And for the trussing of them, the black pirate had cut a rope into nine equal pieces. All went well until Slightly's turn came, when he was found to be like those irritating parcels that use up all the string in going round and leave no tags, ends with which to tie a knot. The pirates kicked him in their rage, just as you kick the parcel, though in fairness you should kick the string, and strange to say it was Hook who told them to belay their violence. His lip was curled with malicious triumph. I think that we've just worked out that Slightly's name is, like, ironic. Have we? Well, they basically just said that that he took a lot of string to tie up, so I think they're basically trying to say he's fat. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe and he's a little calling more... him Slightly is like, you know, when you call your friend Big Jim and he's tiny. Yeah. Skinny <laughs> Pete and he's... Yeah, tired, exactly. I think, that, I think that's what they're alluding to. While his dogs were merely sweating because every time they tried to pack the unhappy lad tight in one part, he bulged out in another. See, Hook's fat. Mas- yeah. There you go. <laughs> See, he, I'm imagining, he said bulge. He's I'm imagining be fat. some like, uh, uh, like a thing of beef and you get, you know, you get yeah, the yeah, and you get the beef, up the beef. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Hook's mastermind had gone far beneath slightly surface, probing not for effects but for causes, and his exultation showed that he had found them. Slightly, white to the gills, knew that Hook had surprised, discovered his secret, which was this, that no boy so blown out could use a tree wherein an average man needs stick. I don't know what that means. I think they've worked out that basically they might be able to use Slightly's tree. Oh, because he's so because, fat, they can fit Because down. he's bigger than the other boys, I think they're basically saying, oh, we might be able to fit a man down his tree. Poor Slightly, most wretched of all the children now, for he was in a panic about Peter, bitterly regretted what he had done. Madly addicted to the drinking of water when he was hot, he had swelled in consequence to his present girth. <laughs> it's water weight. <laughs> it's water retention. There we go. So he's very wobbly. Imagine like the next week, him just sitting there wrapping himself in cling film, trying to sweat it out. Yeah, (laughs) running on the beach. (laughs) 
and instead of reducing himself to fit his tree, he had, unknown to the others, whittled his tree to make it fit him. Oh, fine. Yep. Sufficient of this, Hook guessed to persuade him that Peter at last lay at his mercy, but no word of the dark design that now formed in the subterranean caverns of his mind crossed his lips. He merely signed that the captives were to be conveyed to the ship and that he would be alone. How to convey them? Hunched up in their ropes, they might indeed be rolled downhill like barrels, but most of the way lay through morass. Again, Hook's genius surmounted difficulties. He indicated that the little house must be used as a conveyance. The children were flung into it. Four stout pirates raised it on their shoulders. The others fell in behind, and singing the hateful pirate chorus, the strange procession set off through the wood. Is that easier? I don't know. Going, oh, we can't carry all these kids. Let's put them inside a big wooden log cabin. Yeah, you're adding weight. Yeah, yeah. rolling it was. So, what was morasses? Is that like like long grass or something? Mm. I guess that yeah, the terrain wasn't good mm. for rolling. I'd have set up a long rope and then sort of put them down like a <laughs> Yeah. Don't they normally do what we discussed the other day with the long sticks and you tie them up right, between yeah. them, don't you? you yeah, just do you, the... put them on, you put them on a log. You know, yeah. like, the, like the um, like the little Ewoks do to. Um, yeah, exactly. To I'd loop. love it if the pirates were Ewoks. See, that's inventive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether any of the children were crying. If so, the singing drowned the sound. But as the little house disappeared in the forest, a brave though tiny jet of smoke issued from its chimney as if defying Hook. Hook saw it, and it did Peter a bad service. It dried up any trickle of pity for him that may have remained in the pirate's infuriated breast. The first thing he did on finding himself alone in the fast-falling night was to tiptoe to Slightly's tree and make sure that it provided him with a passage. Then for long he remained brooding, his hat of ill omen on the sword, so that any gentle breeze which had arisen might play refreshingly through his hair. <laughs> He's just having a L'Oreal moment. Yeah. Kind of like, just... oh, in the moonlight, he like stares <laughs> yeah. up and just pouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining him doing that big hair flick. Yeah, it's like the, the beach hair flick. Yeah. Oh, why don't any of these lost buys have a mirror? <laughs> Dark as were his thoughts, his blue eyes were as soft as the periwinkle. Intently he listened for any sound from the nether world, but all was as silent below as above. The house under the ground seemed to be but one more empty tenement in the void. Was that boy asleep? Or did he stand waiting at the foot of Slightly's tree with his dagger in hand? There was no way of knowing, save by going down. Hook let his cloak slip softly to the ground, and then biting his lips till a lewd blood stood on them, he stepped into the tree. He was a brave man, but for a moment he had to stop there and wipe his brow, which was dripping like a candle. Then, oh. silently... He let himself go into the unknown. Into the unknown. <laughs> into I believe he sung that as he descended in defiance. I think he did. I think he went full Adina. Yeah. <laughs> he pulled out a, a sword and went into the unknown. Yeah. As he <laughs> down the tree. Yes, in a rich baritone. <laughs> oh, definitely. He arrived unmolested at the foot of the shaft, 
<laughs> There's no way. I mean, I know. I, I know that I laugh at most things. I know that I laugh at, like the word toss, for example. When no one else does. Why would you? Why would you ever formulate that sentence? Why? He arrived unmolested at the end of the shaft. At it's the foot of the, the shaft. Worst yep. sentence. <laughs> oh, That's no. up there with orgy. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It is. I bet Tinkerbell's Render. there still waiting somewhere. Yeah, she's like, I've been expecting you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read it again now because yeah. I'm half a sentence. Oh, sorry. Okay. He arrived unmolested at the foot of the shaft. <laughs> and great round two. I've not been way. molested yet. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I have to read the whole sentence. Stop laughing. Now we know why they're lost. I'm gonna have to take my headphones off. <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't I complain think I of it. Matt. <laughs> he arrived unmolested at the foot of the shaft and stood still again, biting at his breath, which had almost left him. As his eyes became accustomed to the dim light, various objects in the home under the trees took shape. But the only one on which his greedy gaze rested, long sought for and found at last, was the great bed. On the bed lay Peter, fast asleep. Why is he asleep? Everyone's just been pulled out. How is he sleeping right now? Yeah, it's a bit weird because the timeline of this was if the Braves have won, they'll hit the drum. They hit the drum and he's like, oh, great, they won. I'm going to go to sleep now. Like, Whilst was everybody that, was that else he knows is being pulled out by their ears. Yeah, there'd be a commotion. Like, surely he would have heard them being like, <laughs> all of that stuff. Unless yeah. they were like silent. But they didn't really emphasize the fact they were like, Stealthy. Maybe. Unaware of the tragedy being enacted above, Peter had continued for a little time after the children left to play gaily on his pipes. No doubt... <laughs> that massive-aggressive recorder again. No doubt rather a forlorn attempt to prove to himself that he did not care. See, there you go. Yeah, it's just like, but don't even, yeah. Then he decided not to take his medicine. <laughs> he's just a rebe rebel without a cause. He's just he? trying to ah. spite Wendy. Everything she told him to do, he's just like, no. So as not to grieve Wendy. Then he lay down on the bed outside the coverlet to vex her still more, for she had always tucked them inside it, because you never know that you may not grow chilly at the turn of the night. Then he nearly cried but it struck him how indignant she would be if he laughed instead. So he laughed a hearty laugh and fell asleep in the middle of it. Sometimes, though not often, he had dreams, and they were more painful than the dreams of other boys. For hours he could not be separated from these dreams, though he wailed piteously in them. Do you know why he has bad dreams? Because he murders people. There is that. They had to do, I think with the riddle of his existence. At such times, it had been Wendy's custom to take him out of bed and sit with him on her lap, soothing him in dear ways of her own invention, and when he grew calmer, to put him back to bed before he quite woke up, so that he should not know of the indignity to which she had subjected him. But on this occasion, he had fallen at once into a dreamless sleep. One arm dropped over the edge of the bed, one leg was arched, and the unfinished part of his laugh was stranded on his mouth, which was open, showing the little pearls. 
Thus defenceless Hook found him. He stood silent at the foot of the tree, looking across the chamber at his enemy. This is describing a horror film. Look, this is this is creepy now. Yeah. Just, he wakes up now. Woo. A boy sleeping on a bed and there's a man with an, a hook for a hand, like menacingly staring at him sleeping. Next yeah. time it's adapted for the stage, I want all of the, even the house lights off. Yeah. And just the guy like yeah. just in the darkness in the corner. Ugh. Did no feeling of compassion disturb his sombre breast? The man was not wholly evil. He loved flowers, I've been told. Because <laughs> 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 anyone who loves flowers can't be He sounds evil. fabulous. <laughs> Captain Hook, like the more I hear about him, I'm just like, do you know what? Is he one of these guys that's got like a, um, you know, you can get subscriptions now. So you get them through the door every like, fresh two flowers weeks. Every oh, week. yeah. He just gets them and goes, ah, June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, a monthly delivery from Interflora. Does he have to keep this flower obsession quiet from his men? Because I wonder if they'd respect him less if they knew about it. Maybe, maybe. Or maybe they're too scared to talk up. I think he just sleeps uh, on rose petals, just like sort of like. Oh, could you imagine? Sprawled. I'm thinking he's perhaps he's a little bit more like the you know the cap. Have you seen Stardust? I was just thinking that Robert De- yeah. is it Robert, Robert De Niro's De Niro? captain yes. in Stardust who yes. loves cross dressing and yes. and, he's, and he d- he hides it from his crew. But they all know, they, and they, they, just, they all, they all just ignore it. Oh, I'd love. Yeah. Can we can we make that a sort of like we just? It's a given circumstance that we make that a captain hook is just like he just does sort of little drag shows for himself with flowers <laughs> and like, and he's got like sixteen feather boas <laughs> made from live no, never bird uh, plumes. <laughs> Brilliant. He loved flowers. I have been told, and sweet music. He was himself no mean performer on the harpsichord. And let with it be frankly with add. a hook hand, yeah, yeah. And let it be frankly admitted, the idyllic nature of the scene stirred him profoundly. Mastered by his better self, he would have returned reluctantly up the tree, but for one thing. What stayed him was Peter's impertinent appearance as he slept, the open mouth, the drooping arm, the arched knee. They were such a personification of cockiness as, taken together, will never again, one may hope, be presented to eyes so sensitive to their offensiveness. So you sleep so arrogant. Yeah, literally just like... You're such an arrogant sleeper. Like, I, I know, <laughs> he's got his hands on his hip and he's just like, his face is turned away with his chin turned up with just a face of indignance going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. But... <sighs> the only sleepers I find arrogant are snorers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm asleep, you're not. Deal with it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like... Good luck getting up now. arrogant sleeping. They steeled Hook's heart. If his rage had broken him into a hundred pieces, every one of them would have disregarded the incident and leapt at the sleeper. Though a light from one lamp shone dimly on the bed, Hook stood in darkness himself, and at the first stealthy step forward, he discovered an obstacle, the door of Slightly's tree. It did not entirely fill the aperture, and he had been looking over it. Feeling for the catch, he found to his fury that it was low down beyond his reach. To his disordered brain, it seemed then that the irritating quality in Peter's face and figure visibly increased, and he rattled the door and flung himself against it. Was his enemy to escape him after all? But what was that? The red in his eye had caught sight in Peter's medicine, 
standing on a ledge within easy reach. He fathomed what it was straight away, and immediately knew that the sleeper was in his power. Lest he should be taken alive, Hook always carried about his person a dreadful drug, blended by himself of all the death-dealing rings that had come into his possession. These he had boiled down into a yellow liquid quite unknown to science, which was probably the most virulent poison in existence. Five drops of this he now added to Peter's cup. His hand shook, but it was in exultation rather than in shame. As he did it, he avoided glancing at the sleeper, but not lest pity should unnerve him, merely to avoid spilling. Then one long, gloating look he cast upon his victim, and turning, wormed his way with difficulty up the tree. As he emerged at the top, he looked at the very spirit of evil breaking from its hole. Donning his hat, at its most rakish angle, he wound his cloak around him, holding one end in front as if to conceal his person from the night. Is he naked? <laughs> he's naked. So he's just <laughs> darkest, but he's like got the cloak on, like like a lady of the night leaving, just in, in, in like an overcoat. That's what he did. He came home. As if to conceal his person from the night, of which it was the blackest part, and muttering strangely to himself, stole away through the trees. Peter slept on. The light guttered, burnt to edges, and went out, leaving the tenement in darkness. But still he slept. It must have not been less than ten o'clock by the crocodile when he suddenly sat up in his bed, wakened by he knew not what. It was a soft, cautious tapping on the door of his tree. Soft and cautious, but in that stillness it was sinister. Peter felt for his dagger till his hand gripped it. Then he spoke. Who is that? For long there was no answer. Then again the knock. Who are you? No answer. He was thrilled, and he loved being thrilled. In two strides he reached the door. Unlike Slightly's door, it fitted the aperture, opening, so that he could not see beyond it nor could the one knocking see him. I won't open unless you speak, Peter cried. Then, at last, the visitor spoke, in a lovely, bell-like voice. Let me in, Peter! <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's not lovely bell-like. It makes it sound very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> at least she didn't say, you silly ass <laughs> I love it if she was always just like really like brutal and like sarcastic like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that she's better that way. It's <clears throat> it's funny because I know so many women, like my wife and um, her friends, like love Disney. Not one of them can stand Tinkerbell. They all hate her. Really? They're all like, she's that mean girl from like school that everybody's just always hated. Yeah. Mm. It's really funny. I, I think the only reason I like her is because... I grew up watching Hook, and I'm a big fan of Julia Roberts. Oh, yes, she. so she's she's got a lot more to her. She has. She's more in depth. Yeah. Well, the difference is as well is that in Hook, Wendy isn't there for Tinkerbell to bully. True. So she's a bit more nice because she's just helping Peter rediscover himself rather than trying to get another girl killed. <laughs> yeah, she's like driving like Maggie Smith into traffic and stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the strand. Just like, let me help you cross the street. Push. Which is a trolley in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> Hook two. 
Tinkerbell's revenge. <laughs> Tinkerbell comes to finish the job. <laughs> that would be so mean in a hook context, just killing an old lady in her bed. Oh, I know. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Tink, and quickly he unbarred to her. She flew in excitedly, her face flushed and her dress stained with mud. What is it? Oh, you could never guess, ding, she cried and offered him three guesses. Out with it, he shouted, and in one ungrammatical sentence, as long as the ribbons that conjurers, magicians, pull from their mouths, she told of the capture of Wendy and the boys. Peter's heart bobbed up and down as he listened. Wendy bound and on the pirate ship, she who loved everything to be just so. I'll rescue her he cried, leaping at his weapons. As he leapt, he thought of something he could do to please her. He could take his medicine. His hand closed on the fatal draught. No! Bing! shrieked Tinkerbell. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't very uh, dramatic. I feel like I should do that again. How do you do a dramatic doorbell? <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> Let's give it that. Shrieked Tinkerbell, who had heard Hook mutter about his deed as he sped through the forest. Why not? It is poisoned, dong. Poisoned? Who could have poisoned it? Hook, ding. Don't be silly. How could Hook have got down here? Alas, Tinkerbell could not explain this, for even she did not know the dark secret of Slightly's tree. Nevertheless, Hook's words had left no room for doubt. The cup was poisoned. Besides, said Peter, quite believing himself, I never fell asleep. He raised the cup. No time for words now, time for deeds, and with one of her lightning movements, Tink got between his lips and the draught and drained it to the dregs. <gasps> no. How, is their math big enough to like? Because I, I, like, that's a lot of liquid coming in. If you're like at a hundred the side, yeah. you'd be like, <laughs> like being waterboarded. It's like Joey drinking yeah. a gallon of milk in one. Yeah, day. imagine <laughs> that kind of. Just... I love that scene so much. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even do it. No. Didn't even do it. That must have been so fun to yeah. film. Yeah, do it in one take. And definitely, a, definitely a one take. Yeah, well. yeah. Could you imagine being the person who had to clean up afterwards? You'd just be watching that scene like... Ugh. Could you imagine if you were the camera operator and were like, uh, guys, I was out of focus. Yeah. <laughs> the lens cap was on, yeah. <laughs> Why, Tink, how dare you drink my medicine? She did not answer. Already she was reeling in the air. What is the matter with you? cried Peter, suddenly afraid. It was poisoned, Peter. Ding! she told him softly, and now I am going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is meant to be really sombre, but by the voice we've given I'm, Josh, it's been impossible. I'm to so do sorry. I, tr I tried to keep it, you know, emotional, but it didn't work. <laughs> I, I feel like what we should, should have done is given you like a minor chord so that you could do like, because up yeah. till now she's been very major in her True. tone and then it's like now we can change it to like a minor yeah. thing can you just sad. live on a harmonic minor pentatonic or something so, yeah hang on i'm gonna i'm gonna pull a keyboard cool, cool, up cool 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 i'm going to die do that there, okay there 
And now I'm going to be dead. Lovely vip. That was major. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm going to be dead. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I'm going to be dead. Is I'm going to be dead. <laughs> what am I I'm doing? I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be dead. Is what what you should just I did. be doing? I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be dead. There you go. <laughs> Good. We got there in the end. Oh, Tink. Did you drink it to save me? Yes. But but why, Tink? Her wings would scarcely carry her now. But in reply, she alighted on his shoulder and gave his nose a loving bite. She whispered in his ear, You silly ass dong. And then tottering to her chamber, lay down on her bed. His head almost filled the fourth wall of her little room as he knelt near her in distress. Every moment her light was growing fainter, and he knew that if it went out, she would be no more. She liked his tears so much that she put out her beautiful finger and let them run over it. Her voice was so low that at first he could not make out what she said, then he made it out. She was saying that she thought she could get well again if children believed in fairies. Peter flung out his arms. There were no children there, and it was night time. <laughs> I'm imagining doing a Heels Are Alive spin around them. This is such a pantomime moment. Like, yeah. Come on, kid. Yeah, Barry's like, it's okay. But there's no children here. Yeah, Barry's going to have like one of the, one of the lost boys is, is the dame. He's going to be throwing out sweets in the next scene. But he addressed all who might be dreaming of the Neverland and who were therefore nearer to him than you think. Boys and girls in their nighties and naked papooses in their baskets hung from trees do you believe? He cried. Tink sat up in bed almost briskly to listen to her fate. She fancied she heard answers in the affirmative, and then again she wasn't sure. What do you think, Ding? She asked Peter. If you believe, he shouted to them, clap your hands, don't let Tink die. Many clapped. Some didn't. Can we have a clap, please? Come on. The principal character. Thank you. A few beasts hissed. The clapping stopped suddenly, as if countless mothers had rushed to their nurseries to see what on earth was happening. Could you imagine just going, going into your kid's nursery and they're just clapping in their sleep, just lying in bed? Like... <laughs> it would literally be like, like... I think he's dreaming he's a sea lion. <laughs> like, all across London, like lights are turning off and there's car alarms, the dog's barking. You're like, what the hell is going on? The clapping stopped suddenly as if countless mothers had rushed to their nurseries to see what on earth was happening, but already Tink was saved. First, her voice grew strong. Then she popped out of bed. Then she was flashing through the room, more merry and impudent than ever. She never thought of thanking those who believed, but she would have liked to get the ones who had hissed. That's so much her. Like, like, yeah. Don't, I know. It's not focused on the yeah. positive. And now to rescue Wendy. The moon was riding in a cloudy heaven when Peter rose from his tree, 
begirt, belted, with weapons and wearing little else, to set out upon his perilous quest. So he was just wearing weapons. He was naked but for his <laughs> weaponry. <laughs> <laughs> just a holster I over think his... I am yeah, going to wear okay. my dagger trousers today. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not such a night as he would have chosen. He had hoped to fly, keeping not far from the ground so that nothing unwanted should escape his eyes. But in that fitful light, to have flown low would have meant trailing his shadow through the trees, thus disturbing the birds and acquainting a watchful foe that he was astir. He regretted now that he had given the birds of the island such strange names that they are very wild and difficult to approach. There was no other course but to press forward in redskin fashion, at which happily he was adept, expert. But in what direction? for he could not be sure that the children had been taken to the ship. A light fall of snow had obliterated all footmarks, and a deathly silence pervaded the island, as if, for a space, nature stood still in horror of the recent carnage. He had taught the children something of the forest lore that he had himself learned from Tiger Lily and Tinkerbell, and knew that, in their dire hour, they were not likely to forget it, Slightly, if he had an opportunity, would blaze, cut a mark in the trees. Curly would drop seeds, and Wendy would leave her handkerchief at some important place. The morning was needed to search for such guidance, and he could not wait. The upper world had called him, but would give no help. The crocodile passed him, but not another living thing... Not a sound, not a movement, and yet he knew well that sudden death might be at the next tree, or stalking him from behind. He swore this terrible oath. Hook or me this time. Now he crawled forward like a snake, and again erect he darted across a space on which the moonlight played, one finger on his lip and his dagger at the ready. He was frightfully happy. End of chapter. <gasps> That's an interesting. Is like all of that. There's like it's like doom and there's stillness and there's silence and there's death around every corner. And then the last thing he's saying, he's really happy, which sort of sums. It this is what it. he lives it's for, isn't it? isn't it? It's like your best mm. friend nearly died. That's fun. Mm. He kind of said when 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 Tinkerbell told him that the the kids had been taken, that his um, heart like what was it bounced or bobbed. I think that's what the descriptor was. And oh, he God. leapt, you know, it's like he was, they were using very happy imagery for this terrible thing that's just happened in terms yeah. of how he was like collecting himself. And yeah, it, it, this is just another big adventure where he gets to be the hero. So he's He'd just be like, a football nice. hooligan, wouldn't yeah, he? Because like they're this strange breed of people yeah, that go definitely. to the game and they, and they uh, talk to the other fan base who have got no interest in the game and they meet up just have a scrap because yeah. they enjoy it mate one of the first things he said is there's a pirate down there in the trees let's go down and murder him that was one of his first lines when they arrived at neverland <laughs> it's nice to see that this story is finally starting to kind of ramp up to somewhere now so we've got the kids have been captured it's down to peter and tinkerbell to save them against all odds and yeah. i'm kind of quite excited about where this is going now there's a rescue there's there's something happening finally there's narrative well there was yeah, there was yeah. suspense, suspense by the spoonful rather than describing mm. pointless things that we've had for so much time these like 
Oh, building yeah, Wendy suddenly, houses. Yeah, like, suddenly Edwardian literature's got to the point of going like, oh, actually, if someone's reading this, at some point, they're going to have to be excited by it and not just like, <laughs> admin. <laughs> I want a bad yeah, admin in I literature know. for good. That does it like... Although we say all of this, but the the admin and the faff of it is also sometimes what makes it hilarious. It is, that's true. It's because true. sometimes they focus on this stuff and you're just like, why have you even chosen to tell me that? It's so pointless. <laughs> but for some reason, they do these detours just to give you this just faff. I think it must have been a, a trope of the time that, that that level of detail was fashionable, perhaps, yeah. to give. You know, sometimes when you see TV shows and they're like, oh, I have to show this bit because otherwise it's not believable. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's almost like they're doing that. Like 24, 24 was a ridiculous TV show because they tried to say, right, this is every single hour of 24 hours. Yeah. Nobody eats or goes to the toilet or sleep. <laughs> and you're like, these are all necessity. Like these are all things that everybody does in a day. But at the same time, you're like, no, I understand why they cut those things out because it's bone idle and boring. Yeah. When you've got so much other stuff that you can focus on instead. So it's like, yes, it makes the show unrealistic, but nobody cares because the action is where it's at. And you just wish that someone would tell these novel yeah, writers I d- like, that. I don't need it to be realistic because like, the, no. the finality is not what I've signed up for. Otherwise, I'd read a non-fiction book. What does lit chart say, Matthew? i got to do the sound yeah i don't know you all i don't know why i had the sort of like pomposity to introduce that then but i just felt right how dare you i was literally just about to do it but i'm glad because that meant i get to enjoy i get to you know get involved in the annoying bit rather than always being the sensible one one of the things that i i've found quite interesting that's come up recently is the whole relationship between hook and peter because it said very early on that Hook hates Peter because of the whole thing with the arm. And then in the last two chapters, it seems to have suggested that the hate for Peter goes beyond that, or that wasn't actually the source of the hate, that Hook actually hated Peter long before the arm got chopped off. And these are, so it's, they've got kind of a weird relationship. And this scene of this chapter, there's a couple of things where this person who's doing the analysis has kind of pointed it out. So they're talking about Hook's attack, you know, when he's in the home under the ground with Peter watching him and trying to get at him. Mm. saying The scene shows just how close Hook's hatred of Peter lies to his love for him. His love is selfless, a door to love of beautiful and innocent things. His hatred is a rebellion against this love. Because it kind of mentions that, you know, Hook likes flowers, Hook likes music, Hook likes... And they're basically trying to, I think add peter into something that like hook looks at him and goes oh he's a delicate creature that should be admired but almost hates the fact that he thinks that way and so therefore hates peter if that makes sense so it's like a hatred of the thought of him and the idea of him as much as of him and i think part of it then must come down to like he probably hates himself for the fact that he both loves and hates yeah I, i think it's almost like the mindset of a stalker oh my God, you're amazing and I love you so much, so I must kill you. Do you mean that's the mindset of a stalker? Whenever these pop stars and stuff have these crazy fans, it's like, I love you so much that the only way I can express this is by being the person who kills you. Does he have, is he one of those stalkers that's got just a room in his house that's just covered in photos? I reckon so. I think he's got a shrine. Definitely. There's an episode of I'm Alan Partridge where um, Alan Partridge uh, meets one of those fans and he invites him back for tea and he 
um, says, oh, I just, can I go to the toilet in this guy's house? And he goes into the wrong room and it's in the, like, the room full of all the pictures. I'd love that if that's oh. what Captain Hook has with Peter. So it's like... Could you imagine anything more ta- like terrifying than going into someone's house and just seeing your own face everywhere? I know. It's like the the, the creepy guy in The Bodyguard. He yes. always freaks me out every time I watch that film. You could do a whole essay into like the sort of psychology of and using like Peter Pan as a stimulus because it is it's probably one of the most interesting mm-hmm. relationships by far because it's one it's one because yeah, it's so far Pan, from yeah. like a child a relationship that a child yeah. could dream up. That's what's interesting to me. Like all the other ones are fe- like the one with Tinkerbell. It's like a childhood childhood yeah. friend. Same like like even Wendy. It's a child's idea of what a mother figure is. But this is it's so complex. There's no way a child could conceive of like a yeah a fanatical hatred that is like that transcends yeah. the borders between love and dis like disgust. It's like interesting. Well, now we've come to the part of the show where I ask you both to try and guess the title of the next chapter. And let's see if you can remember the melody you did for the theme tune last week. Don't make me try and remember. <laughs> can you do a minor chord? <laughs> is it guess what the next title is it wasn't that but okay. we're just gonna we just change the theme yeah, tune every week you're very good at making yeah, up theme exactly tunes. do an original one okay so so this week it's time to guess the title of the next chapter it sounds very like 90s tv show i like it so and we're expecting in the next chapter peter and tink trying to find where the kids are and rescue them so mm-hmm. I am thinking, I mean, he's been pretty like on the nose or completely random. So it's either going to be something really simple like the rescue or it's going to be pirate ships are a dandy thing or something yeah. like that. Do you believe in pirates? Yeah. Cabin fever or something. Like that. I don't know. Can you please lock in your answer? Uh, okay, I'm going to go with cabin fever just because it was the last one I said and I can't remember what the other two were now. <laughs> The mysterious ticking noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's a different thing. The crocodile top. gets a makeover. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you kind of were close on one of your your guesses, Matt, but then you moved away oh, from it. Oh, is it pirate ships are a dandy thing? Close. The chapter 14 is simply entitled The Pirate Ship. Uh, see, I, knew, I told you, it's either really, really boring and on the money or completely random. Yeah. So we're going to be on the pirate ship, finally on the... Is it the Jolly Roger, Captain Hooks? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to find out whether he manages to save the lost boys in time before, I'm guessing, Captain Hook makes them walk the plank or something. That's what happens Mm. in the movie, isn't it? Yes, famously. And then there's no splash, Captain. Oh, yes, that famous line. No splash. So if you have any thoughts or comments on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or you can say ahoy hoy to us on Twitter. <laughs> Our handle is at LazyBookClubPod. Or you can come and say hello on Instagram at LazyBookClubPod. Depends on who you like the most. Who's your favourite inventor, Bell or Edison? You can vote by your salutation. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. The pirate ship next week. Will Peter Pan get there in time? We'll find out then. Bye. Bye. Bye.